Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Games User Research Book Podcast. This is our inaugural episode in what will hopefully turn out to be a series of informative chats about all things related to user research, user experience, and games. To set the stage for our conversation, it's worth mentioning that video games and the broader creative industries is an area that's seeing incredible innovation and growth. The games industry alone generates about 200 billion US dollars in revenue every year, and more than 4 billion people worldwide play games across an enormous amount of platforms. So more than 1 million video games are active at any point in, in, in time, with a staggering diversity in genres, forms, and content. The fundamental goal of games user research is to make sure that players experience games the way that designers expect them to. Often, um, the work of user researchers across industry and, and academia thus form a kind of an intersection or a, or a glue that connects the technical design, art, and business aspects of creation and operation of games. In such a rapidly evolving do domain, this is an incredibly complex undertaking. And it's this undertaking that we'll focus on in this podcast series, from any and all angles, leaving no stone unturned. In our first episode, we'll focus on the essential but very challenging concept of player experience. I am Anders Strachan from the University of, uh, of Southern Denmark, and I have two co-hosts with me, Lennart. Well, thanks, Anders, for the really nice introduction here. My name is uh, Leonard Nacke. I'm a professor. I'm a doctor, too, but I'm a professor at the University of Waterloo. Doctor professor. Uh, exactly. Got, got all the hair doctor professor. Um, and uh, one of the most cited academics. So Anders wrote that. I don't like to brag, but he's actually right. Like, I, I do get a lot of citations about games user research. And I've helped a lot of companies um, understand their players. But um, I, I really like to work with uh, psychophysiological testing i haven't really done a lot of that recently because um you know it's it's something where you uh, need to be in person and COVID has kind of made that really hard for us uh, yeah. to get that yeah. sorted and um one of the things that i'm you know quite interested in is, is not just how our body but our brains react to experiences and what we can make of that so really like understanding um, the, 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 the behaviors that we exhibit and the ways that our, our bodies are impacted by the player experiences that we are going through. Um, yeah, I, I think that kind of sums it up. Um, maybe want to pass it on to Pejman. Pejman. Yes. Hi, so my name is Pejman Mirzababai. I'm an associate professor at Ontario Tech University. I've been doing games user research things since 2009, uh, and I had a kind of a mix of academic and industry experience. I think the most notable industry experience was where I worked as a UX research director at Execution Lab Mon Montreal. Uh, and then uh, currently I'm also doing some uh, consulting with a couple of companies because I'm on sabbatical from my university job. Uh, most of my work- How nice, uh, how very nice. The... <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, it's finishing those. <laughs> Most of my work is motivated by uh, my experience in the game industry. Uh, and I think that maybe two most things that I'm proud of is the game user research book that uh, we co-edited together and my new book that's coming out uh, soon, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, on, uh, we call it the Game Designer's Playbook, which focuses primarily on uh, interaction designs in game. Very cool, mate. Very good looking. Um, I am looking forward to uh, uh, to reading uh, reading uh, that one. 
Well, I mean, in, uh, introductions in uh, introductions done. Let's uh, let's uh, let's kick things off with me asking uh, asking the two of you uh, 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 a question here. So basically, what I wanted to get you to do to help me out with is getting an understanding of what what is player experience. Like this this concept seems to be sort of integral to uh, to our work, right? But what what is it really? Lena, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I think you can feel free to jump in at any time there, both of you. I think uh, one of the hard things is to uh, theorize, um, first of all, to theorize what it means and um, yeah, taking um, psychological theories, behavioral theories, biological theories mm. that, that help us understand um, what players' experience is. But I, I think... In terms of what our colleagues are struggling with most is kind of like how, how do we design for it and and that's really for, for me that's more the the main challenge is like how mm. do i design for an experience where you you know it's easy to design an artifact it's, it's really too easy to uh, make something but it, experience is always a second order thing so my interaction with that artifact now causes me to feel something and and to engage with something and i guess it's that's an important distinction actually to make because mm. it's the same when people talk about let's say happiness versus joy right like joy clearly can be categorized as an emotion but happiness yeah. is a sort of a, a thing that's more made up of different components so that's more like an experience that relates on different factors to come together yeah. and it's the same with player experience right like you might feel a positive or a negative emotions uh, emotion which leads to a great player experience but they're you know very very separate things and if you take them by themselves they might actually be not so um e exciting to experience you know it might not be great to be really sad so you know like mm. i might feel horrible when i'm sad about something in my life but um when i'm you know sad in a game i might feel compelled by the narrative and i might feel so emotionally invested that is actually yeah. maybe a cathartic experience for me and i feel yeah. i feel good that i've gone through this I've, i've overcome the sadness or i've overcome the struggle or the challenge for all those dark souls players out there you know do you like losing <laughs> no, no not necessarily but you, you definitely like yeah, yeah. The, the the challenge and, and the hard challenge yeah. and overcoming that somehow so I think you know the, that's you know I, I could I could dive into the the, the theories. I mean we we have I, I don't want to do that because it's it's probably not as interesting for our listeners. But there we, we have formed like a an, an inventory which is like a survey uh, together yeah. with colleagues around the world called the Player Experience Inventory. And there uh, we've written the paper and we have the survey. And there we actually break it down into different dimensions. But at no point in the paper do we say like this is the be all end all. This is just our first sort of academic attempt to break down player experience into these different components but uh and Peshman might actually talk about that because i think he just used it because we were just talking about that the other day so he did might the, have actually did just did run... the method work Peshman, or was it... <laughs> did it did it work for you tell me about your experience <laughs> so, i think maybe i add my perspective on this uh the uh the part that Like I was thinking about it, as Leonard mentioned a few days ago, mm. and I was trying to compare what uh, that player experience meant maybe 10 years ago or even more when we started yeah. and what it means these days now that games are more, I guess, embedded in our uh, in our daily life or the player's daily life. And uh, like one of the projects I'm yeah. currently working on is a platform for kids to, to play a game. Uh, but one thing that I always think about is 
the experience is not limited to their time that they are actually you know playing something experience also includes how they yeah. access the platform the experience includes maybe even what their parents uh, view of that platform or of that games and how they maybe manage that uh, their access uh, and then there are many other aspects that are are around that uh, one of the things we were looking at some of our um, survey data like one thing that impact the mm-hmm. experience was like the quality of internet connection or the size of your screen and these are uh, you know aspects that maybe 10 15 years ago they we didn't pay that much attention to them because you know the way that users consume the game was very different than how uh, they are consuming the game these days so so what so if if I understand you right you are saying that that that, that the player experience is shaped by more than the game and the player that there are somehow other dimensions that are involved because that almost feels a bit counterintuitive right i mean i am playing a game so the experience should arise in the interaction between me and the thing and the artifact exactly. right? right yeah exactly so well, this is yeah I think this is an interesting point. This kind of relates to mm. this this early paper that I wrote during my PhD about player experience when I was looking at the effects of context and that the context yeah. is an important part of the player experience. I think Peshman is alluding to that, that if you're playing a mobile game at a bus stop, it's a very different context that you're playing this game um, than yeah. if you're playing on your couch uh, and everything's nice and warm and cozy yeah. and you got a surround system, maybe you got the right lighting. It's just like a, a whole different experience. And then you compare that to VR in the lab and, uh, you know, again, very yeah. different point of immersion that you're working with there. Okay. And, and now, think, of course, we're tossing around, you know, technical terms like immersion and stuff. So I, I want to be careful with that. Yeah. So apologies and I think to anyone that's feeling here, lost. I think the key here is uh, both for a designers and researcher, understanding that context is very important when you are trying to measure that or where you are trying to design for that experience. Uh, to have that context in mind uh, on how your player is going to enjoy or engage with your game. Uh, like, uh, again, like the context can be something outside the game, like Leonard mentioned in terms of, you know, where you are playing or what sort of uh, internet connection or a platform you have, but it could be also inside the game. For example, is the game about talking maybe to other players? Then suddenly like your avatar becomes very important, or maybe the game is about, you know, finishing the level very fast and suddenly being able to compare your achievements to other people, uh, you know, have a huge impact on, uh, on your experience. And I think the key point I probably want to highlight here is designers need to consider these uh, as they create those experiences for the users to engage with. That makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So, 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 so the, the, the player experience sounds like it, it's a really, really complex thing. And there are definitely there. It sounds like that there that there are there are multiple different aspects of it that we need to dive into in in future uh, future podcasts, right? But can I ask also? Um, so it's a complex thing. So how so how do we then measure it? And what are the pros and cons of different measures? Like how, yeah. So the, that's how do we measure the, the, this yeah. this complex thing? I think that's an interesting point. Um, there, you know, there's there's no right way uh, to to measure this stuff. If you go to yeah. any user researcher at, uh, at at any company, 
um, there there will probably be always sort of the the why measures uh, sort of looking yeah. at uh, not just um, the behavior but also um, looking more at um, interviewing people but and and like really digging deep into that qualitative um, um, area where you can ask people you know not just how they felt about something but why they did the thing that they did very common approach in in user research yeah um now of course there's this other methods um that you know we've we've talked about in our book you know it's uh, quite comprehensive in, in terms of um talking about the the different methodological approaches that we have hmm. um the the one that i've mentioned before was sort of this um a PXI, the player experience inventory. That's a rather new one that we yeah. just built, which is a uh, kind of was inspired by means end theory and mechanics, dynamics, aesthetics, where we're, we're kind of thinking about uh, building something that helps us do a quick assessment uh, of player experience using a survey measure. Now, obviously, as you know, self-report, there's always things attached to that, um, that, that can kind of skew the idea. Yeah. There, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially with, with, uh, with uh, self-report data. So, Apart from from the fact that they that they that they are responses that are filtered through uh, through the uh, through the mind of of the player, you also have problems. For example, if if you if you build in self if you build in self report measures through the uh, 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 through the internet rather than in uh, in a lab, but but I want to ask you because then you've done a lot of work with psycho psychophysiological measures, which are measures of the actual physiological reactions. To playing, to playing, to playing, uh, playing game. Yeah. Why are we not just doing brainwave uh, measures of games when we <laughs> do user tests? Like, why? Why is this just not standard? Like, why? It sounds so alluring, right? I mean, it, yeah, you measure yeah. people's brainwaves, and you know how <laughs> the, the balance and whatever, it's... however they, they feel. So, why? I mean, we've been talking about this for like twenty years, and yet it doesn't seem widespread adopted. Why not? Well, like, yeah, obviously one of the things uh, <laughs> yeah. that you have to think about there is that, yeah. um, first of all, technology has made vast improvements over the, the recent years. So, yeah. it's, you know, we, we're getting better at understanding what this uh, means. But the, and, and Pajman is familiar with that as well, because he, he worked yeah. during his PhD a, a lot on some of these uh, other measures, not necessarily the brain waste, but the skin conductance and other measures yeah. where um you 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 get sort of uh the I, I think the main problem is you get them the many to one one to many responses so you have one response that can mean many mm. things or you have uh, different things that can uh, all mean the same thing so it, it becomes the the mapping is not always clear so it becomes sort of a, something where you need to have an additional anchor uh, to make sense out of uh, the vast uh, sea of data and and one of the okay. things that i uh, i find that actually quite exciting i've been talking to a couple of companies uh, uh this one in particular uh, that, that that are really interested in um building uh, sort of a machine learning model based on physiological data and, and now that's where it gets fascinating because yeah. then you can you know you can train your model um, based on the responses that somebody gives during gameplay and, and the more people are using it the better the, the prediction <coughs> excuse me the prediction will get and mm. so this is a really something to um, to keep in mind as, as as the technology advances this this becomes more uh, encompassing but I think the important thing is that you're, you're yeah. really if you're doing solely behavioral measures if it's physiological or otherwise mm. um you're you're kind of missing out on a lot of the underlying measures that are 
um, well, that are not necessarily measures, but that, that are maybe like hard to understand, right? We have yeah. uh, gameplay as an instrumental value. You could say it's that I'm enjoying the gameplay because, again, if you use means mm -hmm. end theory, that would be like the, the means end would be having enjoyment in the gameplay. But then you also have all of these other things that are attached to that, you know, I, I want to have some sort of self-fulfillment, some sort of autonomy, some meaning, some, you know, being curious about the world, mastering the world, all of these different psychological yeah. or social uh, things that are drawing us into the game. And then on top of that, you have all the artifact related things, the functional things, like how easy is it to control? What kind of feedback are we getting? Uh, how are the audio visuals? How are the goals displayed to us? What's the challenge level? All of that stuff, right? So, yeah. Um, It, it becomes hard because, uh, so you're asking, why do we have so much trouble with player experience? Because it's incredibly complex. It's an incredibly yeah. complex thing yeah. that even we as researchers that have been working in this field for, for two, three decades, uh, some of us, um, we are struggling on understanding yeah. this um, specifically, right? So it is actually a hard uh, problem. Yeah. yeah. One thing I want to mention, maybe to step hmm. back a bit, Uh, on these, uh, because in, in the projects that I work uh, usually as a consultant with different studios, you know, there, it's very kind of easy to say, hey, let's measure this, let's figure out something, or how, how players are experiencing our game. Uh, but I usually kind of want to understand why do you want to know this information? What, how are you going to use this information? And, and based on that, you know, there might be a different way to, one, yeah. to address this. So, like, I give you a couple of examples here. You know, imagine you have a, a service that you are, uh, you have multiple games and you want a way to measure which of these games are performing better from a user experience perspective. You probably can look at, like, you know, the gameplay data in terms of how long players are playing or which one uh, makes more revenue, uh, you know, or, or, or motivate more purchase. But one question might be, you know, which one gives players a better experience. In those cases, you often need uh, like some form of a number that says, I don't know, this game is like 5.6 in terms of that experience. The other game is four, the other game is three, and we have a game that's eight or whatever. And, and that's where, uh, you know, like that PXI that Leonard mentioned would, would become very useful because it can summarize that uh, experience into a one easy number that you can compare across other games or other platform if you use the same measure or like or maybe the way that you know if you use physiological measure maybe you could say okay this game gives players a higher you know or impact their you know players physiological and this is like a number of like average heart rate or average like uh, skin conductivity or whatever like it can be one measure that you can use to compare and then there could be another scenario that the, the, the designers want to know Like which aspect of that one particular game they need to improve to be able to bring that that like one number higher, and that's where you may want to better understand behavior. So we look at like behavior or best measure. We look at maybe observing what players are doing, where they are struggling, what are the friction, uh, or like talking to players, and then try to let's say uh, you know quality like be able to explain you know, the, the reasons behind that number that we got from a survey such as like a PXI. So yeah. I wanted to kind of distinguish between these two kind of maybe different use cases uh, that I've seen sometimes well, uh, people mix them together. 
I think, Pejma, you should also, when, when you're looking at that, I think you should kind of point back to your own work when you you worked on those biometric storyboards. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and to think about the, the, and honestly, I think this is an idea that should have long caught on. It, it, you, know, you know, maybe there's a potential for a company in there as well. But like, I, I just think it was such a good idea to think about, okay, here's, yeah. here's how the designer envisions the game. And this is the design intent that he has or they have for that game. And and this is sort of a way that you can display the experience. Now, the meaning making and, and analyzing that, that's a whole different story. That's very complex, as you just pointed out. But can you talk mm. a little bit about this design intent versus measurement uh, thing that helped you come up with Excellent these uh, biometric point. storyboards? Yeah, so this is, uh, it kind of goes back to uh, like Andres' kind of an opening remark that uh, basically said uh, our main job usually as researcher is to help designers kind of achieve their uh, their design intent, that their vision, their creative vision they have. And in order for us to achieve that, we first need to know what they are, what that design intent means. Uh, and then once we know that, then we can uh, look at how players are experiencing the product, or and then uh, and then see what are the barriers to achieving that, you know, that, that vision for, for designers. And then we try to kind of solve them one by one and bring that player experience closer to uh, what the designers intended for them uh, to, to experience. So that's, I think, maybe one way of looking at it. You know, there might be some research that you may do and say, okay, I want to contribute to that designer's vision. Like it's more like a fundamental research that I want to help designer to, you know, iterate on their vision maybe rather than bringing player experience closer to that vision. So that's kind of a different set of kind of, let's say, problem or research approach. But uh, with what we kind of discussed so, and so, what so, I did for my... Sorry, Andres. Did you? No, no, I was wondering. So, so essentially, so I, I find this very interesting. So what, so what you're saying is that the user researchers become designers also, or at least influence the design in a more... In a more a collaborative fashion with the design team as opposed to just, you know, signing a report and, and giving it back. So I think that may need a whole session that we talk about like a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. kind of a user researcher relationship to the design team. But I would yeah. say both approach are valid. You may have a case that yeah. you benefit from a, a researcher who writes a report for your game and, you know, you look at it and then figure out some improvement. Or there might be a cases that you benefit from having a researcher embedded in the design team, and you know you work closely with them to kind of come up with that vision uh, for your game or for for the feature that you are uh, you are designing. Very cool. So I I, I feel like provoking you guys a, a, a little bit here with with a question. So um, um, I my field is is. Is, uh, is 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 game data science and uh, and sort of large scale and uh, analytics in games, right? And I often find myself in a situation where working with a, with a, with a game, we have we have several hundred thousand players or millions of players, and we work with data across a lot of games. Um, since about two thousand five, two thousand and and uh, and seven, really take, taking flight, say maybe from twenty twelve onwards, we've seen a revolution in the games industry in terms of how much data, like telemetry data is being used. Now that we have access to ridiculously detailed records of how the player interacts with the game, 
has that how 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 does that change the role of games of games user research? Is analytics just another another tool in the toolbox? And and do we even need to worry so much about measuring the player experience anymore if we can measure everything players do in the game and run millions and millions of A-B tests just to try and figure out what's the best, how, how do we design this level to get the players through this level as fast as possible? Are there, are there any pitfalls in this, what I call the, the allure of data? I'm being very I, cheeky now. I, I, I mean, tons of pitfalls, right? Like you, you're yeah. basically, once you trust data over, uh, over just the experience with um, <laughs> these experiential feedback that you're getting from your player, you, you might be led astray. And I know this is a thing with stakeholders and management. Everyone really loves <laughs> loves data. Everyone loves numbers. People love eye tracking and they love seeing those overlays and these visual things. Um, but you always have to ask yourself, like, what are the conclusions that I'm trying to draw here? And 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 is the the, the data is basically your support team, right? Like if if you're uh, if you're sort of playing this as a team like sport, that. it's, like it's not your yeah. quarterback. The data is not your yeah. quarterback as much as the data scientists want you to believe that. But the data is sort of the, the support team. I know nothing about American football, so this analogy is going to go down really bad because I don't even know like how that actually works. But, um, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, so but but th this is the thing. There, there's other methods that are driving it. And yeah. one of the things I think that we've all learned working in game season research is Mixed methods is really where it's at. There is yeah. there is no yeah. clear path where you can say, okay, I'm, I'm a purist for the data. I'm a purist for the qualitative. No, no, no. There's 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 no the not not the one thing that you should be a purist about. You should be open to all the methods, and you should yeah, combine them in a way yeah. that works for your research question. And I think we should do a, a yeah. whole other episode that we can do about research Just questions. About research questions. Exactly. Yes. I agree. Right? I agree. I agree. Fair. I agree. agree. That's the whole thing. Like asking the right questions at the beginning is is, yes. is really what kind of drives all of the the methods and the player experience. It shapes stuff. everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So we are we are we are we are rapidly burning burning uh, uh, burning daylight here. So I wanted to move us on <laughs> to 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 another thing that uh, that been that we've been planning uh, planning to talk about, and that is sort of um, a lot of research has both from industry and academia has gone into trying to figure out what play experience is, how we measure et cetera. So what don't we know? Like, can we mention just, just a couple sort of things that this is what we really should be focusing on in the next five years to try and try and figure out when it comes to the, the, the player experience. Mm, maybe I can uh, answer that. Uh, so yeah. one, one thing that I'm trying to currently think about is uh, how can we, as researcher, how can we better help developers? So uh, the, the answer yeah. may not be inventing new methods, but, uh, or you know, the methods are still the same, the same method as like 10, 15 years ago. You know, we are still like, look, collect data, talk to players, collect more data. Like that hasn't changed much, but I think the, how we can make them more accessible for developers uh, is, is, is the key to me. Uh, and also considering how maybe even digesting uh, the, the, the analysis and the data and then uh, making the knowledge uh, or insight available. Uh, and 
that's 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 what that's the direction I took in the new book. So the first book, which was on user research, my new book is on uh, interaction design guideline, and that's what I thought. Like, if I want to get my research maybe uh, have an impact, I don't need to talk about methods and try to teach everyone to run the studies themselves. I can just give them the guidelines to follow and then have an impact on their game. So that's that's the kind of my current struggle uh, is 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 yeah. that that exact piece on how we can have impact on the actual production and that impact may not be through yeah. research. Uh, it might be through or not not through like a you know primary yeah. research. It Fair might point. be through something else. So that's what I'm trying to figure out at the moment. Yeah. Lena, what do you think is 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 our biggest knowledge gap when when it comes to player uh, to to play experience? What's our biggest what? What's our biggest uh, knowledge gap? What's what's the biggest challenge? Knowledge gap. That yeah, we yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I know what I'm gonna say, but. I'm gonna... <laughs> uh, I, I think it's. Yeah. I don't think there's one big one. There, there's several okay. uh, s- smaller ones, which. Um, I think is for me it's it's really um arriving at a robust theoretical understanding for one piece mm-hmm. uh because I've I've toyed around with these different models on how you can yeah. actually understand it and and visualize it for myself as well to just kind of visualize it like how it actually makes sense so that's the mm-hmm. one piece where I'd like to have a, a better grounding for it and then the other piece is of course how do we um make sure that we have easy and fast ways uh, to get at it. And and maybe that's inventing yeah. new methods. Maybe that is improving existing methods. Uh, I think that's along the lines Better of what Perman said. Yeah. It, is, it is really looking at um, yeah. what, what's the best way to uh, look at this from multiple angles. And a yeah. lot of a yeah. lot of that you see is, is uh, some of our colleagues in industry are, are doing exactly that. They're building tools. I think one of the biggest things that I think will will change, and, and this is going to make you happy as a data scientist, is is the, the change of machine learning, right? Like, and, and what machine yeah. learning can do. It affects yeah. so many areas of our lives already, and I think it, it's really powerful in terms of hmm. helping us uh, be assisted in our like. I think the artificial intelligence part, where we are assisted in our decision making. Uh, becomes yeah. really good and will become really good over the next couple of years. We still need to be, you know, we need to make smart and informed choices. So we still need to have that sort of researcher angle. But I think the assistance mm. that will come from the artificial intelligence community yeah. community will be absolutely excellent. Yeah. 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 I uh, I would agree. I think if uh, if I should add just one one uh, one uh, one uh, one extra element here, it would be the The, the 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 correlation between the laboratory based measures and the large scale data that we can that we can track from every single player of uh, of of uh, of a title plus a lot of other con uh, sort of large scale uh, contextual data like how do we how, how do we proper join those join those two perspectives and and make them and make them synergistic Rather than competitive, as we sometimes uh, 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 experience, right? Um, but we are unfortunately running out of out of uh, out of, uh, out of time here. So um, this has been incredibly interesting. I think there is heaps more to uh, more to uh, more to dive into from this early, early conversation about games research. 
we will explore more topics in, in the future. Um, for more on games user research, uh, I can recommend uh, going to uh, gurbook.com, that is G-U-R-book.com, to check out our, uh, our, our, uh, our book. So our listeners, thank you for listening in today. We hope it was enjoyable and, uh, and informative. We will be back with uh, future episodes and hopefully uh, more production value also. All the best to everyone. Thank you. Bye. Awesome.